Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the editor-in-chief of the journal, and today we will be discussing a Neuroform article, which is a journal club paper written by trainees. This particular Neuroform is entitled Neurogenesis, Remembering All or Forgetting Some, and is a mini-review of recent papers on neurogenesis. Before we begin, let's meet our guest. Hi, Bill. Nice to meet you. My name is Shikha Jain Goodwin. And it is my pleasure to officially, for the first time, introduce myself as a future postdoctoral researcher at Department of Psychiatry for University of Pittsburgh. I am as interdisciplinary as it gets, as I'm an engineer trained as a scientist, and I've had training in neurology, neuroscience, neuroengineering, psychology, and now psychiatry. I finished my PhD from University of Minnesota, and I did my postdoc here. And my specialty is electrophysiological recording in non-recess macaques, as well as neuroimaging, fMRI, MEG in humans. The two disorders that I have worked closely are schizophrenia and MS, multiple sclerosis. Thank you. Please give us a brief background on research into neurogenesis. Neurogenesis is the process of making new neurons. And a lot of research and literature in neurogenesis has established that neurogenesis is very correlated with learning, memory, and cognition. So whenever they do a task, they have seen that after neurogenesis, when new neurons have been formed, that there is a better connection, there's a better improved memory. And it has also been shown that the exercise can increase the rate of neurogenesis. So you should all exercise. But the one question that really intrigues is what happens to the memory that was formed before neurogenesis? Let me give you a real-life example of this. And remember, I'm generalizing a lot of results. Suppose there is a new memory you had had to learn. It has been shown that you will learn it better and faster after you've exercised. Uh, there was one paper in literature that actually showed that even with one session in gym can cause you to do better. So now that would mean that we can keep going to the gym and keep getting better and better. Right? Yay! So rather than listening to my podcast, let's go to the gym. But imagine there is something you learned before going to the gym. Suppose my telephone number. What happened to that memory after coming back from the gym? Would you be able to remember my telephone number or not? So imagine a person who learned from the telephone number, then exercised, versus a person who did their normal chore, went about their normal life. Will the person who exercised be better able to remember my telephone number? So one question really remains is what happens to the memory that was formed before neurogenesis. Another mystery, of course, is will you remember my telephone number at the expense of someone else's telephone number? We don't know. Why did you choose a particular paper as you discussed in your Neuroforum mini-review? I chose more than one article to discuss, which is one of the huge advantages of writing Neuroforum in the Journal of Neurophysiology. And when I was talking about what happens to the memory that was formed before neurogenesis, these three papers actually found conflicting results. And they were researching this question, what happens to the memory that was formed before neurogenesis when you're exercising? So one of the papers in that Kodali et al. found that the memory that the rats and mice formed before neurogenesis, before the exercise, remained unchanged, whereas the two other papers from Epatol and Ecursetol found that it was reduced. So I'm sure now you are very intrigued as to what happened and what they did in their studies and what were the different results. 
memory is the process of strengthening of synaptic connections between population of neurons and during the process of consolidations neurons that fire together can wire together and causing the synapses to increase their strength however multiple memories are mutually connected in extremely complex ways thus multiple memories can be encoded by a single neural network or there can be a single memory that can involve multiple neural pathways so in order to maintain a memory there is a alteration of the synaptic weight that needs to happen to the previously stored material while learning new information so in order to recall or retrieve an original memory the group of neurons that fire together to create the original memory need to be primed or reactivated and on the other hand forgetting is the inability to create the original firing patterns due to the lost synapses and connections so continuing with my previous example one of the studies found that the people who went to the gym remembered my telephone number better versus the other study found that they forgot my telephone number or had some trouble remembering some of the digits so the question is whether there is a limitation to the amount of circuitry that's present or whether there is always new circuitry that can be formed so what is actually going on what do you propose to reconcile conflicts in the studies you discussed there were two differences that i noticed in the study which were longer exposure time and the presence of reorientation trial so without going into further details as to what their differences were the hypothesis that can be formed based on their differences is one that the connections that were formed were stronger in the training periods and they were less likely to get interrupted by the incoming synapses in one study versus not in the second study and the second hypothesis could be that there was a presence of a reorientation trial and that could help activate the firing pattern related to the original memory so when neurogenesis happens the new neurons that are formed and those new neurons need to be incorporated into the pre-existing brain hardware thus after neurogenesis the rearrangement of neurons and synapses might cause some information to be lost or forgotten however majority of the hardware still exists and many of the neurons will not disturb the old connections leaving most of the information preserved thus the amount of forgetting or remembering information from neurogenesis lies on a spectrum and these studies are measuring a changing degree of neurogenesis induced by a forgetting thus i don't think it's all or none forgetting or remembering but instead realistically it's a spectrum of both of forgetting and remembering so going back to our example of remembering the phone number there are a lot of factors that can affect time you took to remember the phone number are you really good at remembering the phone number did you go to the gym and not do anything so things like that in our circumstance and remember this example was just to make you understand what might be going on with the system so in the three studies that i mentioned before they used rats and mice so different species so one simple way would be using two species and doing the same kind of experiment the other things that i have proposed will be keeping the contextual details same so there were differences that i pointed out in my study how the training time were different or how they measured they were different and one of the last things that i mentioned was using a task that is not activity related would really help What did you learn from the experience of writing a neuroform article, submitting it, and responding to reviewer questions? I learned a lot from this process. 
I wrote to you, Bill, actually last year in January, and you encouraged me to submit this article. And you paid very personal attention to me whenever I wrote an email and asked a question. In the field of science and research, there are constant rejections from grant agencies, from peers, from paper publications, and from yourself. And what you need is nurturing souls and place where you can actually really understand and learn. So I had wanted to do a journal club article, and I really wanted to understand what could be causing these differences and come up with a hypothesis. So after my revisions with my reviewers, what I really learned is that from the mechanism that I came up in last January to now, I really solidified, refined my final hypothesis. What are the next steps in your research career? I want to end schizophrenia. I want to provide a manageable next step in the treatment of the lives of people with MS, multiple sclerosis. Is it doable? Is it a reasonable career expectation? <laughs> I don't know. I want to merge the fine lines between various brain disorders, whether it is the difference between MS and schizophrenia, or whether it's between non-primate researchers, mice researchers, human researchers. But this is like all saying, I want to word piece to answer a question in the beauty pageant competition. So my first steps for my postdoctoral work is to extend my PhD training. I am moving to University of Pittsburgh to do a postdoctorate. Basically, what I'll be doing is recording intracellular and EEG from non-human primates. But my goal is to get trained doing one-of-a-kind research, then set up my own laboratory in order to do research of my dreams and train and mentor next generation of researchers. So that's my research career that I'm going towards. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in a discussion of the article, Neurogenesis, Remembering All or Forgetting Some, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. Thank you.